Let's listen to the land we all love. Nature's plan will shine upon. Listen to the land. Listen to the land. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the season four finale of The Carousel Project. How crazy does it feel to be saying that? Wild. It's wild. Crazy, crazy season. <laughs> wild. Wild is the consensus. It is wild. Season four. I cannot believe it, and I cannot believe we saved this gem of a topic for so long. We know that I literally could not be more excited for it. But before we jump in, I'm Josie Maida, and you can find me on all socials at Josie Maida. And I'm Kate Killebrew. You can find me on all socials at Kate Killebrew. And I'm Epcot Adam, and you can find me on all socials at Epcot Adam. Yeah, you can. This episode, we are talking about Epcot Adam and my favorite park and Kate's. I mean, yeah. It, current I, current favorite, I think. I mean, yeah. I, think, I feel like it floats back and forth between like my whole Epcot li- and Hollywood Studios. My whole life, my two favorites were Epcot and MGM, which both were previous versions of themselves. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, I really enjoy Epcot, so we'll just go with that. Okay, so all three of us. It's all three of our favorite park, but I love it most. <laughs> I and mean, me. who's got it in their handle, though? <laughs> I'm changing my handle right now. <laughs> to Epcot Josie. <laughs> well, actually, Epcot Adam's handle should really be CBJ. It we should know be that. Country Adam Jamboree, like we discussed <laughs> previously. He hasn't gotten on that yet. So my, my Finsta doing, will be my, Country my Adam mental Jamboree. gymnastics about it, honestly. I'm baffled. <laughs> if, if, I, if I could put it into words, I would say categorically, I'm baffled. Baffled, absolutely. I will walk on eggshells for you girls day in, day out for the rest of my life. Perfect. We have that on audio. We have that on okay, recording. Great. We didn't discuss Unless the question. Unless I cut it. Do oh, not, crap. Pam, do not say cut. We did not discuss a question, but I picked one. <laughs> oh, because, perfect. Oh. Yeah, I just she decided won. all on my own. <laughs> this is her park. <laughs> so, so Josie, I think you should answer your own question first. Yeah, though. then answer it first. Since dun, you dun, had time dun. to prep. <laughs> okay, so, well, I just thought of it like right now. But oh. if you were at opening day of Epcot, what would be like the one thing you would want to do? Okay. They didn't look excited about that question. I'm just gonna let you guys know who can't just, see them. They did not look that excited. I'm I thought it was a thinking, I thought it was a great question. My answer is gonna be really off the wall. Ooh, do you know what it is? I mean, this is only my answer because of about fifteen minutes ago. If you would okay, have asked well, me go. twenty minutes ago, it would have been different. It would have been a different story. Okay, go. I would have wanted to spend some time at Earth Station. What the heck is that? Exactly. Well, are we going to get into it? Okay, we so are going to get into it. In we'll station, to, yes. But we'll come back to it. Okay, Adam, what would you have wanted to do? Oh, gosh. I thought you were going first. Okay, I can go. So oh, it's so hard for me to pick. I definitely... Ugh. See, it's so hard. It's so hard to pick. I, I, I made the rule that I can I mean, do a non-obscure huh? answer for me, I guess, would be Kitchen Cabaret because that's something I never got to experience. Yes. I was going to say Kitchen Cabaret because I'm such a foodie and I, I feel like yeah. I would have loved that. But then, obviously, the original Imagination Pavilion, including but, Journey. Yes, yes, but yes. that wasn't open yet. Journey into Imagination wasn't. That's what the, I was thinking. It so wasn't open yet. When I was Only doing the yep, Magic Eye Theater was open. Yeah, which would have been fine with me because I love Magic, Magic Magic Journeys. Journeys, and so 
that was opening day. But yeah, so that's why I was saying the, the pavilion, I would have maybe wanted to check out. But I think I might have to go with seeing Mariachi Cobre perform just because Renee is in the group and that'd be so cool. Pasquale. Pasquale. It would be that's so cool to see them cool. perform on opening day um, and time travel back. Because in this scenario, we're time travelers. So I could be like, I love that. see you in 40 years. Peace out. <laughs> Bye. And just Watch out. magically Watch, vanish. Watch I'm going to see you in 40 years. Watch out. <laughs> if, if, if we were, would we still have your location? Would we have your location if you traveled back in time so we could say gotcha bitch? Or <laughs> yes, you would. would. That, it would say Epcot. Would that, it, <laughs> my, my, my location would say Epcot and comma 1982 and then you could and screenshot just, it and say gotcha bitch we'd send you something via laser disc gotcha bitch <laughs> <laughs> you send me a floppy disk laser disk well no i'm saying could do they also use floppy disks i couldn't tell later? you i didn't come yeah. out until 80 i was didn't come out i wasn't born until 93 <laughs> she I'm didn't come out <laughs> i'm a 93 model so um, i don't know didn't come Adam, out. I was gonna say, Adam, I need you on Find My Friends so I can say gotcha bitch to you. Because I don't okay. have you. Done. Done. Okay, we'll add each other later. <laughs> I'm just categorically baffled why we didn't have each other before. Wait, y'all are gonna find each other but not <laughs> connect to me, Josie. Are I thought we were connected. We okay, that is a that is a major um misstep major. because we Okay, well, when we're done recording, we will we will we add will each fix other. This. Okay, okay, yeah. yes. Adam. Epcot Adam, what would you be doing? On day one, Epcot. Everything. No, you can only but, pick oh, one. No, you're supposed to pick one. Thing. <laughs> um, yes, of course, if I, we were time traveling, we'd stay there we'd and do, do everything. We'd do it all, of course. We'd do it all. But what would be if you could only do one? You only have, like, you can time travel, but only for, like, an hour. Um, I'd love to see Spaceship Earth mm -hmm. with the original narration. Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I didn't go until... The first time I went to Epcot was 2011, so I've only seen it with the current narration, oh, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I would love to see, you know, the original. And then also, if we're, we're time traveling a little bit further um, towards where we are now, like all the different versions of Spaceship Earth. The 1994 version, to be specific, I think is yes. what you meant. The 1994 yes, version. Exactly. Yes. All but mostly that. <laughs> and I will put a, a caveat salute to in. all versions, but mostly 1994. <laughs> I'm going to put in also a caveat that while I'm watching Mariachi Cobra, I'm also eating a snack. Oh, okay. okay? Well, I don't know what snack because it's really hard. Like they don't really like track. I, I don't know what they served at Epcot in the beginning, but I would eat something. I would try to find the weirdest thing I could find and I would eat that. I'm going to lose it. Anyway. She's taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Gotcha, bitch. We're off to a great start, guys, as usual. The this is just one of the best so far. It honestly is. And it's exciting because we're talking about one of the best topics so far. So I'm super, super pumped. And getting into this got me thinking about a bunch of other episodes and potentially bonus episodes because there's just Epcot just is the gift that keeps on friggin' giving. I'm with it you really on is. that. We need to make that list because we're going to do infinity seasons of this show. So we need a yes. lot of content. Forever. <laughs> okay. So let's jump into it. 
The 21st century begins on October 1st, 1982 with the opening of Epcot. I absolutely love the poster that says that and the commercials that say that. I have that poster. You can get it right now on Shop Disney. Um, And for anyone who doesn't know, I'm a total nerd and the recreation when they announced all the changes in Epcot says on the brink of a new age, October 1st, 2019, because that's when, you know, they announced all the changing But anyway, um, the park opened October 1st, 1982, so the same anniversary as Magic Kingdom. Just a few years later, there was tons of fanfare. There was a soft opening on September 28th, 1982. um, And I thought it was really interesting that the groundbreaking was October 1st, 1979. So that really, again, we're seeing like tight timelines for opening these parks like they opened this whole park quicker than we have seen tron open in the magic kingdom i can't talk about it or guardians even yeah Yeah, we can't even talk about it like whole entire parks like that is crazy land so i don't even want to hear it from people about oh it was it was a blank slate no it was it was the swamp okay it was the (laughs) swamp this was not an easy task it was the it was actually the largest construction project in the world at the time so yeah crazy so very tight turnaround which is what we saw with disneyland and what we saw with magic kingdom at walt disney world um i feel like they don't really i mean we haven't gotten a new park in a long time but i feel like they don't really do with those tight turnarounds anymore but um epcot it was a dream called epcot it was this sense of higher purpose something that they really felt like had to be done it was the future for all people they wanted to use the tools and the power they had as a company to do something good to educate and inspire the world and this was meant to be a permanent world's fair which we know really inspired walt in many ways throughout his career and inspired many different attractions so it was really cool and i mean we don't really have world's fairs anymore at all so it's Mm -hmm. kind of cool that nod to the past that you know epcot is still around today yeah do we want to talk about walt's version of epcot at all before we want to talk about everything kate this is this is epcot we're talking about it all baby i'm ready for this to be like a two and a half hour episode. i just have a bunch of random stuff (laughs) before october 1st 1982 do it i have something too okay well we know that walt's (laughs) epcot experimental prototype community of tomorrow was not a theme park concept it was supposed to be like a literally a community um planned for twenty thousand residents and he quoted it as where people would actually be able to live a life they can't find anywhere else in the world um there's a famous video that walt did that was recorded on october 27 1966 um this script was written by Marty Scalar, the famous Disney legend who was also Walt Disney's ghostwriter up until when he passed away. Um, And this would be the last movie of Walt alive because he would pass away in December of 1966. So this project was actually very important in that way. Um, And it took place in a recreation of the Florida conference room where the idea of Epcot was originally derived. Um, This concept for the city was unveiled to the public after he passed on February, in February 1967. Um, But the thing about all this is we don't know exactly how far back Walt's plans for Epcot go. Like, we don't know how far back he was planning this. We do know that the company was working on something for it as far back as 1959. Um, But I, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to mention all that because I think it's, 
forgotten a lot that his idea for Epcot was not like a theme park. It was like a community, which really, I don't even know how they would have pulled it off, if I'm being honest. And I think that's why Roy yeah. and Card Walker and all of them were like, without Walt, we got to cut do our this. losses. Yeah. <laughs> we got to go with the spirit of it. You know? I agree. Exactly. And they, they said that in the Imagineering story that they just yeah. said it was not feasible to tell people how they could live within their own homes. Um, yeah. And so they just didn't move forward with it. I agree that with the loss of Walt, I feel like Walt Disney could have, I mean, he did so many things. He would have made things. it happen. Absolutely. I feel like he could have made it happen. Without um, him. But yes, without him, without that creative direction, it was um, obviously much harder. I think off of what Kate said, um Epcot is the reason that the Florida project happened like mm-hmm. we got Walt Disney World because Walt wanted a place where he had more room to make a dream like Epcot come true um and so it was a really special project for them to move forward on even after Walt had been lost um you know, it was a hard time for the company because a lot of the creative people, a lot of the Imagineers had lost kind of the person who kept everything going. Um, mm-hmm. But it was incredible to see how they all came together to create this park and again, create a park in just a few short, short years. Um, I thought it was really cool to build awareness um, and a lot of excitement around Epcot and the new theme park. The Epcot Center Preview Center um, was in the post-show area of the Walt Disney Story, and it was there from April 15th, 1973 to October 5th. Um, 1992. The Walt Disney Story wow. was there for that long. Oh, so the okay. Ep- yeah, the Epcot Preview Center wasn't there for all of those years. Okay, but okay. that's how long that show was there. It was on Main Street. I was trying to figure out where it was. I think it's where Town Square Theater is now. But yeah, it was written kind of confusing the way that they had it on a couple of different websites I was looking at. So the Walt Disney Story. Um, was just like a show about Walt Disney, obviously a story about his life. And again, in the in the exit, they had the Epcot Preview Center. They could see um, concept art, really elaborate models, and a short film about Epcot. Um, and at the time, they could also ride the monorail to see the construction progress. So wow, that's that was cool. really, really cool. Um, and it said that there was a platform close up close to where Spaceship Earth was being built that they could like stand Ooh. on. Like wow. that That's is really crazy. Cool. That's so cool. Um, this same area was used as the MGM preview um, center from 1987 to 1989. Um, and so I thought that was really cool. I didn't know that they had had a preview center for um, MGM. But what I think is really cool about this is the way that we have seen preview centers in the last few years. So of course we know about, and we should do an ep- we should do an episode on the Walt Disney World preview center. We should. Yes. Um, And with the vault collection, we got some merchandise for that. I got to talk to, um, when I talked to Bob Gurr, we talked about the preview center and I actually bought us matching preview center mugs from the vault collection, but he thought Mm -hmm. it was so cool that it was coming back and he remembered when the original one for Walt Disney World was open, Um, but I thought it was cool that they did it for other parks and I also thought it was cool that they had one for Epcot because we know that what just closed was the Epcot preview center that they did again, where you could watch mm-hmm. a film and you could see models of what Epcot was going to become um, through this transformation where they were adding Ratatouille and they were adding Guardians of the Galaxy and they were, you know, there were a couple things that sadly Mary never Poppins. made it into the park, Mary Poppins and the new Spaceship Earth. Um, yeah. But it was really cool and it is really cool just to see how that has 
you know, come up again and again throughout time. And I feel like we hadn't had one in a long time. So it was cool that they did it. I feel like for Epcot again, it was necessary, I think, Mm -hmm. because there were I know for people that are not versed in Disney news, there had to be a ton of question marks above their head with all the construction walls up around the park. So it was great to be able to just say, go over to that building and watch, you know, the preview of what's to come, you know? Absolutely. That was the intention. It was that they knew that there was going to be a lot of guest dissatisfaction because there were walls everywhere and it was a way to show them like, hey, this is what it's going to become. I got to help with the opening of the preview center at Epcot when I was on the Epcot internal comms team. I got to watch the video a couple of days before and I sobbed every time I watched it, seeing Walt and then seeing the beat drop and like it was just, it was really great. I loved that little film they had in there and um yeah, I, I thought it was awesome. I absolutely loved it. I'm kind of sad it's gone, but I thought it was really amazing. Um, and I wonder what they're going to do with that pavilion next. Um, Me too. Because it's gone through so much throughout history. I, I want a restaurant and I want the second floor to be open again, but I don't yeah. know if we will ever have that dream realized. Yeah. Did I tell you guys Renee got to go on the second floor? That used yes. To be, yeah. yeah, that used to be his... How does um, it feel to so, live my dream? <laughs> I know, right? And he didn't even like, not that he didn't care, but he didn't realize how cool it was. Yeah. So the Odyssey Pavilion where they had the Epcot Preview Center most recently inside of Epcot, not not in the original. This is, this is current day. Um, it has two floors and uh renee actually got to use one of them as his dressing room when he was in the mariachi coco show back when we first met so really really cool lots of cool stuff in epcot as always but yes this preview center was open and then you know that was that was before the park opening um well there was a there was an important day a few years prior, and that's why I was piqued by the 1973 situation, because this was in 1975. So July 14th, 1975 is when Disney officially announced their plans to build mm-hmm. Epcot in Florida. Um, and they would announce new concepts with three elements, um, the Epcot satellites that would debut as a previously planned world showcase, a theme center where guests would learn about the Epcot activities, and then an Epcot Institute, which would facilitate participation in Epcot scientific endeavors. Um, There were two prominent executives who would become the public faces for Epcot. It would be Gordon Cooper, who was a scientist and member of the fabled Mercury 7 astronauts. He would be named VP of Research and Development for Epcot. And then C. Langhorn Washburn, who was the Assistant Secretary of Commerce for Tourism. He resigned from that position on Nixon's administration to join Disney as the World Showcase Vice President. Um, And he's the one that coordinated the diplomatic efforts required to recruit international participation for the Epcot program. So, um, wild. All this was announced on my birthday in 1975. Um, I just thought I just thought it was a cool day because I was curious like how far back did they say like yes, we're doing this project. And mm-hmm. you have to think this right. is like almost 4 years after Magic Kingdom opened, so some time had passed. They mm-hmm. kind of figured out the the visitor tourism stuff. Um, and it and, was 18 years before you came out. Yeah, exactly. Yes, 
Exactly. Um, and then I found this interesting little bit about, like, the first time when Disney considered, like, a world showcase type concept, but Ooh. for Disneyland, um, called International Street. Have you guys heard of this before? No. So nope. basically, as far back as 1955, Imagineers considered incorporating international theming areas into the parks. They were planning on opening an international street, which was going to be located between Tomorrowland and Fantasyland. Um, and this was going to be, it was supposed to be like a winding thoroughfare with a number of facades representing different nations. Um, they have like a concept art drawing of it, but basically a, a great way to describe it is like the Morocco area where you have like a facade at the front and then you walk through and there's more going on as you go back. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And they were still moving forward with plans for this up until um, like in 1956, they were still working on it, but then... Walt later opted to use this area for the expansion space for Matterhorn, which would open in 1959. So that's why it never came to be. Um, but I thought I thought that was interesting that like they had concepts of trying to work in other international, you know, customs mm -hmm. into the parks, even with the original park Disneyland in 1955. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I did not know that. It's always so fun when we do these deep dives to see how ideas kind of like resurface and shift around. And I just want to clarify a date though, just again, because I, I know I said it a little confusing earlier. And as Kate mentioned, Epcot, the plans for Epcot didn't become public until 1975. So when I was talking earlier about the Epcot Preview Center, the area that it was in ran from 1973 to 1992, but the Epcot Preview Center did not run for that long. Yeah. Just to clarify, because that I was a little bit confusing. The Preview Center probably opened in 79, if I had to guess, for that. Yeah, probably somewhere around there. Um, but so, so cool that they did something like that. And um, yeah, Kate, what you said is amazing. Again, it's always so fun to see how ideas kind of come back around when they're not used. They get used somewhere else. Yeah, and then another set of big dates was uh towards the epcot construction stuff was january 6 1978 general motors signed on with to sponsor the transportation pavilion in future world um a few weeks later january 27th 1978 exxon would sign on for the energy pavilion so therefore in october of 1978 cardwalker would make a final announcement that they would be proceeding with epcot um he spoke in front of cinderella castle to 2500 delegates in the international chamber of commerce he declared on that day that epcot would open on october 1st 1982 and he revealed that general motors Kraft, exxon and at&t had had all signed on for Future World, and they had 10 nations expressing interest for World Showcase. Um, and like you said, they would have the groundbreaking ceremony on October 1st, 1979. I thought that was interesting because I never realized they did the groundbreaking like the same day as the anniversary, like knowing mm -hmm. that it would be. But the funny thing about this is that he talks about it in his opening day speech that he had said on the day of the groundbreaking he had claimed like when they started at 9 a.m that he would promise to have the park open before 9 a.m on october 1st 1982 um so they actually opened the park at like 8 58 a.m um on on october 1st 1982 so he could like meet the demands on that statement um mm -hmm. Some of the other cool things about that day, though, were that they had the golden outline of Spaceship Earth 
um, in the space where like Spaceship Earth was going to be. It was 178 feet high, like the mm-hmm. outline they had. And then General Motors would bring a truck that would deliver the first ceremonial yes. lo- load of dirt, which again is cool. Um, I already said it was the world's largest construction project at the time. And then they would also have a Spaceship Earth topping ceremony in 1980. I couldn't find an exact date on that or like some real information yeah. about it. But I'm I assuming that's when they put it. that top piece up there. I think two things. They put the flag on top. That's what yeah. they did. I think it's very cool when um, I think that the story about how he promised to have it open October 1st, 1982 is very reminiscent of the story of Roy promising to get Magic Kingdom done by October 1st, 1971. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this story that, you know, sometimes people tell before on the podcast, but people say that, you know, Roy was very serious that after after all of the delays and all of the issues they had had with the opening of Disneyland, he did not want to have a repeat of that with Walt Disney World. And so everywhere it was like Walt Disney World, Magic Kingdom opening October 1st, 1971. And apparently he had even replaced the clocks on Main Street. So it had a disc that said October 1st, 1971, because he wanted it to be a reminder, like, doesn't matter what time it is, get what you need to get done, because, like, we are opening come hell or high water. So I kind of feel like it's cool that it kind of feels like Card Walker had a similar vibe with Epcot, like, we are opening October 1st, 1982. By this time, no matter what, it is going to happen. So I think that that's really, really cool and really reminiscent, and I just love the way that everything was an announcement, everything was celebrated, every step. And we'll um, see that after this park opens. Yeah, you see that after the park opens, and as you're watching things like the Imagineering story, or you hear stories from the time when Epcot was being built, you definitely hear about that team spirit and how excited everyone was. I even noticed when I was watching for research the um, Imagineering story, there was some footage of people practicing for, you know, a parade or whatever, and there was a a banner up in the room where they were practicing that said Epcot, October 1st, 1982, and it was, (laughs) like, coming. So, again, that reminded me of the clock situation situation where like there were banners everywhere in Magic Kingdom that was like we are opening on this date and again I feel like Cardwalker kind of took that out of Roy's handbook which I thought was super cute yeah well I thought it was so funny because I was watching the opening ceremony and he was just like I told them like when I was standing and the other thing is he's standing like the podium was in the same spot that they did the groundbreaking ceremony which again I thought was really cool Mm -hmm. um but yeah he's just like I promised I'd have the park open by 9 a.m today and he's like it's 8 58 so we and I was like oh that's kind of cute yeah so um I I need to watch the Imagineering story again I haven't watched it since it opened but right I know I I I loved it 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 was my favorite series it is so good I wish there was another and I was saying I wrote in my notes like watching it and seeing people that I've met is so crazy oh yeah I think especially seeing um Tom Fitzgerald was really cool that Mm. made me so happy he's such a nice guy and two things that kind of just are random but Epcot-y is Tom Fitzgerald was at Epcot since the very beginning he worked on everything and he still does today he thought of the idea for Space 220 and that's why it kills me when I hear people saying like Space 220 doesn't fit they don't care about Epcot because literally the person who thought of it and pushed it was someone who's been at Epcot from the beginning and then not only that when I was watching the Imagineering story 
story. Exactly. When I was watching the Imagineering story, there was some footage of the land pavilion Mm -hmm. and living with the land. And they were talking about the hydroponic gardens. And there was a circular one that very much reminded me of the hydroponic gardens that are circular and have all the lettuce and Space 220 if you've been in there. So it's just kind of cool to watch and research old things and see, you know, the park has changed so much. But to see what's still there, what is still inspiring things that we have today. Yeah, no, it's it's true. But um, that was all my before opening day stuff. So if we want to go. Yeah, I'm ready. So I also saw, again, I watched the Imagineering story before this. Um, I They had a clip of someone named Douglas Kiker, I think, K-I-K-E-R. He was from the NBC Nightly News, and he was calling this, like, the biggest entertainment gamble of all time. Like, we have to think back to how things were back then because this really put it in perspective for me. But Disneyland and Disney World, you know, Disney World was just Magic Kingdom at the time, that those parks were huge gambles, and they really Mm -hmm. weren't that far off of of an idea. You know what I mean from the success of, like, carnival you know what I mean like it was just a much Mm -hmm. better much nicer permanent carnival but Epcot Epcot Center was something completely different where it was there was a focus on education and learning and sharing new things and sharing new technology but it's still a theme park and it's still supposed to be fun so it was a huge gamble because like would people like this um I also, again, loved watching in the Imagineering story as they talk about the building of Epcot. Kevin Rafferty, who is an Imagineer, creative executive, a creative executive he said that it was just a beehive of activity people were running into each other it was crazy here was something bold and exciting huge and new not a castle park something entirely different this is where imagination was so he talked about how he took a pay cut to go from working at disneyland to go to work at epcot um and katie olson who was a model builder at epcot during that time said nothing was specialized back then we were all just jacks of all trades we were allowed to explore our talents and that's the really cool thing is it seems like everyone really came together to make Walt's final dream a reality everyone was just doing whatever they could exploring new talents helping each other like it feels like it was a very much a community communal project to get Epcot done and finished on time that everyone was just had this very like all hands on deck can do attitude that seems like it was just like such a cool environment to work in and to get this park off the ground that really follows some of those same ideals. Yeah, no, it's, and, um, I saw a quote by Jack linguist, the, he was like mm-hmm. the head of the marketing PR or whatever. He was saying their biggest competition was three miles away at magic kingdom because people are expecting, like you said, a magic kingdom or a Disneyland. Um, they're going to directly compare Epcot to magic kingdom. And so th- it was like you said, really a gamble to try to get people to want to go for this very different experience when mm-hmm. they're expecting a magic kingdom or Disneyland. Absolutely. Um, Also, before like a design detail of the park, I've always loved the logo of Epcot and those were there on opening day. So it was designer Norm and I wish I could pronounce his name, his last name correctly. It's I-N-O-U-Y-E. I've heard people say it before and I feel like I'm going to botch it. I just have too much respect for him. So I'm spelling it out. Um, But this designer (laughs) created the original Epcot logos, um, the Lotus, and then one for each pavilion. So they had a lot of different logos that they were testing out and it was just like a no 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 not the right fit finally they came up with the five rings um, and they represent information technology environment education and entertainment 
and they were originally surrounding a central star and then they changed it to the lotus that flower that we know now um the design became that flower logo which became a welcome to epcot visitors and so we'll link in the show notes the um the article there's an article from d23 that talks about all the people who were involved but i always thought it was really cool that they did something like that like created such um symbolism and iconography for the park in the very beginning um Mm -hmm. that i think is just so cool Mm -hmm. and i and that's again another thing that i love that they've brought back is all this iconography for each different pavilion yeah, I agree. I think that was probably the best thing they did with the changes with Epcot was bringing mm-hmm. back that vibe. And I do think it was good that they replaced the main entrance area to be the way it is now. I think it looks really good. Um, right. I, I hate that they left Figgy hanging with all the changes they're making, but uh, I digress. I'm excited Hopefully to one see. Day. Hopefully yeah, one day. I'm excited to see the updated world celebration area when mm-hmm. all yeah. of those walls finally come down. And it's looking so good so far. It is. Well, that's what I was going to say. Everything so far has been great. Um, it's just the growing pains of the, of the big walls is like mm-hmm. been a lot for, and I mean, we go all the time, so mm-hmm. it's not even a big deal to us, but for people who go once every five years or every 10 years, it's like, uh, um, yeah. I did forget to mention the cast preview days. I learned about this last year for my uh, Disney history series. Um, They did cast preview days uh, the 24th, 25th, and 27th of September from 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. And then construction workers and their families were able to preview the park September 26th. Um, And then they ended up having so much popularity with from the cast members for these days that they ended up adding days September 28th through 30th, 4 p.m. to midnight for cast members to be able to go back and preview. I think Steve said Mariachi Cobre played some of those days. They definitely played like the big preview that happened like a couple days before in September, like the one for media or whatever. But I think they played at some of those preview days and we had talked about that before, which I just think is so cool. Yeah, they also had, you mentioned like an, unofficial park opening but they also had the unofficial park opening geared towards the guests of magic kingdom and the lake buena vista hotel plaza guests who were staying in those hotels as well like they put out marketing for that that they could come preview epcot um the 29th and 30th of september before it would open to the public so i thought that was interesting i can't sounds like a dream come true i feel like i'm trying i'm trying to imagine like being in magic kingdom and then being like yeah you guys want to go check out (laughs) our new theme park park. the the largest uh you know construction project in the world yeah it's opening in two days if you want to go check it out tonight you can you know that so. is, yeah, it's crazy. And all the excitement that they del- did to build around this, and we'll get into, of course, the commercials. And oh, we could get into the commercials now before the before we get into the opening because the commercials were out first. So yeah. the ads that we're going to put in the show notes, I feel like they're so good. They're so simple. The like robotic voice sounds perfectly like futuristic. And that's a crazy thing because it still sounds futuristic to us today. And that's the hard yeah. thing about places like Epcot or Tomorrowland is that they're building on the idea of the future, but the future is always changing. Like the second the park is done, the future is already here. So um, I think it's cool that it still sounds futuristic now. Um, 
They had a lot of different ads. There were ads, uh, a lot of them with Eastern Airlines, which would be in the ads and even the Epcot Center opening day television special. Um, But it was about how it was affordable to get to Epcot with Eastern Airlines, which was the, you know, sponsor at the time. Um, And the ads were very simple. It would be like, again, like the new, you know, the new... um, not the new millennium. What would they say? They'd be like 1982, yeah, the new... I think they'd say the new millennium begins on October 1st, 1982. No, it's not millennium. The new century. The 21st oh, the century begins. Century. The 21st century okay. begins. Epcot. So yeah. it, was, it was very like futuristic sounding, very basic, but the ad is great and we'll put it up. Again, there were a few print ads for Eastern Airlines that we saw. Um... I think a big advertising piece, again, was the Epcot uh, Center opening day television special. So it was recorded and then it came out on October 23rd, 1982. So the timing was perfect. The buzz was going that the park was amazing. This was a few days later. There were a ton of famous people. Danny Kay hosted and Drew Barrymore was in it as a little girl. She was so Mm -hmm. cute. Um, E.T. had just come out a few months before, so she was huge at this time um she was probably like in my opinion one of the biggest child stars at that time so to show her enjoying epcot i feel like really was was so huge to show these famous people who were adults enjoying it but also showing this child so um yeah, there's a lot of fun videos that they, we definitely will be putting in the show notes, but the advertising, I feel like, was kept very sleek, very simple, very futuristic feeling, like, the, you know, the 21st century begins. That's really saying something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is going to be something like nothing else, and they, again, they kept it clean, they kept it simple, but it left you wanting more. It left you being like, okay, what is this Epcot thing about? So I think they did a great job with it, and again, that will all be in the show notes. So, do we want to talk about ticket prices when the park opens? Heck yeah, we Obviously. do. Do you want to get that inflation calculator pulled up, <laughs> Toto? I think I could do Epcot that. Adam. <laughs> Please refer to him only um, as the formal Adam. in the formal Epcot Adam. <laughs> yes. Please. So, um, so uh, the information I found was that tickets uh, for one day tickets, it was $15 for adults, $14 for juniors, which makes me want to say, what do they consider junior? And then $12 for children. Um, they also offered three, four and five day world passports that would include transportation, um, admission to the parks, unlimited use of attractions for both Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Dang. And at that time, they had no single-day park hoppers. Um, And then the annual passport was $100 for adults and $80 for kids. Um, When the park opened, the hours were Future World 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. and World Showcase 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. So Pretty good hours. That's what I thought. Okay, so inflation calculator in 1982, $15 is $45 today. So like three times the price. Yeah. Which is still not a lot compared to what we pay now. Right. A $100 annual pass then is a little over $300 today. So I would take that. Yeah. I would take that. Yeah. And see, that tracks with the pricing we used to see for APs back when we like 
I remember when I would first get my AP, it was like 650 bucks. But I mean, I had four parks and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what right. I mean? So 300 for two parks, I feel like for 365 days a year, that's pretty good because they, yeah. they didn't do the blockout dates and stuff back then. It was the 80s. Right. Speaking on the opening day, something I didn't realize that the fanfare. I thought was interesting. Yeah, the fanfare. But the crazy thing is all of the park guests had to wait in the parking lot during all of that fanfare because they only had enough space for like the, you know, VPs and like the important guests and the first family of the park. That makes a lot of sense because um, it's not that spacious up in the front. Yeah, I guess I just didn't realize it. I didn't realize that either, but it definitely makes sense. Now we have to remember, so for the 35th anniversary, we were there and it was tight and crowded in the morning, but that was back when they had all the leave a legacy stuff. Now it's more open and now it's more similar to what it was in 1982, but that makes sense. But that's so crazy. Like, Hey guys, wait a minute. Like, yeah. So basically the article I read was talking about how all these people had to wait in the parking lot and they wouldn't get to see all of what had actually happened until later that night on the news. So they were technically there. They just weren't able to see it. Like that would have been fine with me. I would have loved to just be there. I don't need to see the fan. And I'm sure, I feel like I'm sure there is tons of fanfare that day in the parks I don't know well the first family did get to be in there and they got to go up on the stage and I literally was like I would go up. back in time and take that from them literally I that be. was what I was thinking <laughs> I'm traveler Josie Maida is the first family just her by herself the, no the three of us are the first family the carousel project <laughs> yes, podcast what the, the hell family. is a podcast So Richard Carson and his wife and his four kids, Jennifer, Chris, Ricky, and Jody, the kids were 16, 15, 14, and 13. Huh. I didn't put that together until I just read it out loud. But anyway, they, all four of the kids and the parents, they all left their house in Winter Park at 4.30 in the morning to get to Epcot for around 6. But they weren't allowed in the parking lot until 7 a.m. Winter Park is close. I feel like they would have got, I mean, I don't know what the roads were like back then, but I feel like they would have gotten there a lot quicker. Well, I think, I mean, they attempted to get into the park at 6. But Mm. the guard said... We're not letting anybody until seven. So at six, they basically just kept going. They said during the opening ceremony, they shared the story. They said like basically they kept going around a loop that they were sent and they would stop. And then the security would find them and be like, you have to drive. So they would drive around. So anyway, they were able to time it out perfectly to where they got there. Basically right at seven, there were already some people cars getting ready to go in the parking lot but it sounds like some of the boys just started hauling it for the gate so they could be there first Um, but they had already apparently purchased three-day tickets to the park a few months back because they were so excited about getting to go for the opening day the kids missed school the mom said on the podium that now the kids were nervous about like being on the news and their teachers finding out that they skipped school like to go to this uh because it was October this is 1st. better than school so yeah um, I would be way more important I, remember, I, I valued Epcot over right there. I well I just think I remember as a kid one of my like I'll never forget this one of my aftercare like attendants she was like talking about her kids and she was like yeah sometimes there are things more important than school and sometimes there are like sometimes there are educational or once-in-a-lifetime opportunities that like 
are well, more important than school. I think they were just saying, like, it's going to be funny when their classmates yeah. watch the news tonight and see that, like, they were the first family and that's why they weren't in class today. <laughs> Worth so, it. So, um, Card Walker was, like, basically speaking and saying, like, well, aren't we going to get them, like, a refund for that three-day ticket and blah, blah, blah. And then they ended up presenting them with silver lifetime passes on the stage. Shut so the hell everyone up. in the family got a lifetime pass for Magic Kingdom and Epcot for as long so as they jelly. live. But yeah, so the first family, I, uh, I, I thought it was interesting to point that out because I feel like that could have happened this year for the fiftieth. They could have had like the first people in the gate get something cool. Like they could have done. Been done. Scream of they things, could have it done. Would have cost nothing. They could have done. But anyway, um, I was gonna say I don't know if I should give this idea on on the podcast because we'll it's a find really out good if idea. We should cut it in a second. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but. They should do a program with lifetime passes because think about how people are so obsessed with the Chipotle lifetime pass. Yeah. That is like a celebrity status symbol. How much symbol. is the lifetime pass for Chipotle? You can't buy it. You can't it's, buy it. You yeah. can't buy it. It's only something that like the company can give you. Um, it's only something that the company can give you. So it's like very much a status symbol. So do you imagine they did that? They did like a lifetime pass and it's like, you know, like you said, like it's a gold and it comes in a box and it's, yeah. so anyway, I digress, but that would be such a cool campaign. Disney, I mean, if you steal they this, technically I'm for had head. lifetime passes, I think when Magic Kingdom first opened. They did. Yeah, but I'm saying but, like if they brought it like, back Like if they now, brought it back for the 50th, I feel like people would jump on that ish. I'm so not even talking about quick. for paying yeah. for. I'm talking about if they used it as a PR stunt and did oh, it the yeah. same way like Chipotle does to. and like give it a, yeah, exactly. Or like, like they used to in the 80s and 90s and early yeah, 2000s. Exactly. When they would exactly. give away for those milestones. They were giving them away like candy. And I'm like, Where is my why? Candy? Why can't y'all do this? <laughs> Where why is couldn't my y'all do candy? this once a year now? Like, why Why not? Not y'all, even like... Y'all make so much yeah. money. Yeah. Anyway, my, they, back in the day, they were... Oh, I can't even talk about it. Every time I cover one of those in my TikToks, I'm like, how? How was this... How was I not in this time frame going to the park? You know, just going to the park on a random Wednesday at 10 a.m. in the morning and just swiping into MGM and finding out you and your family get lifetime passes mm-hmm. to all the parks around the world because you got into the park an hour later than it opened and it worked out that you were the, you know, 200 millionth guest or something. Yep. I don't know. Could have been us. It drives me crazy. Anyway. <laughs> Should have been us. I'm not bitter. Epcot was actually a $1.2 billion project. Um, and on that day, they had the 1982 Walt Disney World ambassador, Jeannie Field, there. She's the one who actually, like, led Card Walker on the stage for his speeches and everything. Um, Epcot's also was also Walt Disney World's second park and the largest Disney park um, at 260 acres up until Animal Kingdom would open in mm-hmm. 1998. So, big wow. deal, literally. Um, I thought it was interesting because we're obviously going to eventually be getting into all of the many dedication ceremonies that mm-hmm. would follow in the month of October. But the only thing that was actually dedicated on this day was Spaceship Earth. Um, and they had, like, somebody from bell come out and speak before they did the dedication and it's crazy that they dedicated all of it like everything separately yeah they really made it a meal um so the the, he and i believe it was the first family and i guess card walker and some other important people got to take the inaugural ride on spaceship earth after the dedication ceremony so 
That's pretty cool. That's probably what I would yeah. want to do if I could go Be back. Be the inaugural ride person. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, hey, don't don't steal my thunder. That was my choice for what I wanted to do on opening <laughs> day. So that's mine. You, you didn't you say inaugural ride. You just said you wanted to ride it. Well, I'm amending it. Inaugural <laughs> ride. Um, I think I didn't know that was an option. He did, yeah, he didn't know yet his options. I think also the Fountain of Nations was really cool. And I know that a lot of people mm-hmm. were sad when this was removed. It is kind of bittersweet when you look at how important it was. So they had representatives from each p- pavilion plus more. So 22 countries total. They ca- all came around the fountain all together in the ceremonial moment. And they poured water from their home countries and vessels from their home countries into the water to create the Fountain of Nations. Um, so that was actually for the that was for the dedication ceremony. I was gonna say so it was hard for me to find, so I didn't I was gonna ask you if you had found a date. Yeah. I just heard about this from when I worked at Epcot because when they were removing the Fountain of Nations, they kind of mm-hmm. did something and we talked about this, but when I was looking it up online, I could not find a date. Also, when I worked at Epcot, I heard that Lillian Disney was one of the people she, who dumped in water, but I couldn't find there. that. She okay. was there, but she was mm-hmm. not if she was, I guess she would have been from America, but... Well, I don't know um, if she they, just dumped in, like, any water. Like, you know, I, I don't know. And again, well, maybe it was just that she was there. But I thought that they had talked about, like, her, like, actually, like... Well, we can jump to that if we want. I was going to talk about the whole no, 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 grand okay. opening weekend. Um, Heck but yeah. But that happened during the... That happened after the dedication ceremony. And at that time, the Fountain of Nations was actually the Communicore Fountain, um, which I did not know. I didn't know that either, especially since it's Fountain of Nations makes more sense as a name. No, we don't have to jump to it. I thought it was something that had happened on opening day because I couldn't it's find confusing. a date, so I'm glad that you it's, were able to clarify. Yeah. And it Jim is confusing Corcus because there were so many go-to. different different things happening. This dude covers it all. OG Disney historian. But He's yeah, he, he laid it out. Yeah, he laid it out like the grand opening week. I had to search to find the stuff, though. Um yeah, I mean, really, all they had on opening day was just that main ceremony. Um, you know, part of the ceremony was the 15,000 balloon release and the 1,000 pigeon release. Those amazing song numbers that they did. I mean, I want those songs on a CD. Um, they're very inspirational. Um, but yeah, other than that and the dedication, it seems like it was just like after Card Walker did his speech, they knew they were going to be doing all these dedications like all month long of the different pavilions. And then the grand opening weekend was going to be a three-day thing, the October 22nd through 24th, um, which is why the special on TV came out on the 23rd. It came out the night before the park dedication. Um, But yeah, so do we want to talk about Earth station real quick i think yeah absolutely i wanted to give and i don't even have earth station on this list so stop me when oh do we want to talk about pavilions opening day pavilions i I was going to talk about what was open oh yeah yeah, let's talk in the beginning Mm -hmm. so we have future world we had spaceship earth communicore the imagination pavilion um which again as kate mentioned earlier had the um magic journeys was open but the ride was not yet open that wouldn't open until uh, march 5th 1980 
as Journey into Imagination. They had the Land Pavilion, Universe of Energy, World of Motion. I wanted to call out that the Living Seas wouldn't open until 1986 and that Horizons wouldn't open until October 1st, 1983, a year later. I think these two are important to mention just because they are seen as such such 80s Epcot original spaces in the park, Mm. which they were. Um, So they weren't open yet. And then also Wonders of Life would not open until October 19th, 1989. Um, So some opening day attractions were Spaceship Earth, Kitchen Cabaret, which was in the Land Pavilion, World of Motion, um, Living with the Land. and Listen to the Land. I was going to say, I knew it had a different... So that one, a lot of the stuff I found on the online was wrong. So I even wrote in my notes, I wrote opening of this ride was listed as Living with the Land and they lift they listed the day as of the soft opening as the opening of that ride. So I was like, I feel like it had a different name. Yeah. Um, and it then, was listen to the land. It had the song, listen to the, the land. Best, That's the whole the reason. I'm, ever. Yeah. I never, yes. I never got to experience that. Listen and then they also the had El Rio de Tempo, Tiempo, which was, I miss it. they had El Rio de Tiempo, which is where the three Caballeros is now, which yeah. is crazy. Cause I feel like a lot of people didn't know that the it three Caballeros so had anything else. Um, and then in the world showcase, it was Mexico, China, Germany, Italy, the American Adventure, Japan, France. On the map, I saw something that said Renaissance Food Festival seasonal. Mm. I don't know if that was an opening day map. I don't know when that was added, but I saw it and thought it was interesting. Also, Rosen Crown. So not the whole UK, but Rosen Crown was open. And then Canada. So those were the things that were open in the beginning. Um, There also was a film called Symbiosis shown in the Land Pavilion. Yes. Um, and that was there from the opening till 1995. It was in the Harvest Theater show. Like, it was a Harvest Theater show, which, again, is so funny because it was hosted by Kraft. Like, that's the, that, that was, the whole pavilion was sponsored by Kraft. So, like, that's why everything was, like, food related, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And then Epcot was the first time that we saw Circle Vision. So, in the Imagineering story, they talked about how Walt had always wanted something like this, especially for projects that he had had in the past, like Fantasia. Um, and it's something we still see in the parks today. So, China and Canada had the full Circle Vision on opening day, and France had the five panel Circle Vision. And all three of those theaters are still running. Um, so, it was kind of cool that they were there on opening day. Obviously, the films are different. They actually were updated pretty recently. Um, and then also, I have to mention again, Mario. Yachi Cobra did play there on day one, which I think is really cool. Um, I didn't find that online. I just know from Steve. So cool that they were there 40 years ago. Yeah, that really is so cool. One thing that I found that I thought was pretty interesting was in Universe of Energy, they actually had like four different films. Um, According to the opening day list, I found um, they had the Universe of Energy. They had um, the Mirror Theater. Then they had um, Energy Creation Story. And then they had Energy You Make the World Go Round, which sounds familiar to me. Like, I feel like there must have been a jingle that went with that. Um, But according to... One thing I read, I think there was supposed to be, like, over four hours of films that you could watch within Epcot, like, in a day when the park that opened. That is like, there were absolutely four hours of just insane. Film. Do you imagine? Because, um, I know, I can't imagine. Because even in Communicore, no, not in Communicore, but basically every other pavilion had at least one, one film going on. Um, because apparently in World of Motion, there was the water engine film as well. So there was there was a, basically a film at least in every pavilion. Um, wow. And so the, ep- the Earth 
station was something I'd never heard about before this. No, I, I haven't just, either. So I'm very, very excited. I basically looked it up because I was looking at these opening day pavilions and it was the only one that I didn't really recognize. And basically this was Epcot's version of guest relations. But I was really impressed with what it offered. Um, so if you want to visualize where this is today, it's where they have the progress tomorrow area underneath when you get off of spaceship earth that used to be earth station up until 1994 okay. when it would become the global neighborhood when at&t i guess at&t would take over that um so anyway basically think about it in comparison to magic kingdom earth station was considered magic kingdom city hall and communicore was supposed to be epcot's version of main street um so they had the world key kiosk system in earth station which was touchscreen computers that um had laser disc ba based videos of all the attractions and pavilions you could find it would also allow you to speak directly to cast members via video chat and these kiosks were the only way you could make a dining reservation at that time. So you couldn't hmm. call to make a dining reservation. You couldn't make a dining reservation like at the different restaurants. You'd have to like mm -hmm. get up and go to Earth Station in the morning. And they said by 10 a.m. they were usually out of like the dining reservations. So I want to like, know an more. And I guess we'd opening. have to look like I would just love to know more about the things that were like open then. Um, like so food wise. Um, from what I found, uh, all of the pavilions in World Showcase seem to have at least one restaurant location, um, and then the shops. Like, UK, I saw Rose and Crown was open, but it also named, like, the shops were open and stuff. Like, all that was also open. So, it seems to me, like, the Beer Garden was open in Germany, um, you know, the Liberty Inn mm -hmm. in America was open, which was there until we got Regal Eagle. So it seems like all that kind of stuff was open. Uh, oh, that's one fun thing. Um, the Land Pavilion, where the Garden Grill is now, it was called mm -hmm. the food, the Good Turn Restaurant because it was a turning restaurant. Um, they also had the harvest food, tomorrow's harvest food court in the land. So that's Ugh, where like I love Sunshine that. Seasons yeah. is today. And yeah. Sunshine Seasons is so good. I feel like it is underrated. The food there is so, so good. And like the electric umbrella version of the Communicore East was called Stargate. It was a fast food facility they had there. So mm -hmm. they had stuff oh. like that. But basically... They were trying to be, like, in my opinion, they were trying to be, like, futuristic in this way of having these, like, computer kiosks that you could use to, like, learn about all the pavilions and stuff when you first walked in. And they still had the big screens up like they do now, kind of. Yeah. Um, but they were showing, like, a video about Epcot the whole time. So I thought that was yeah. really cool. It was there until 1994, and it would move to make way for the global neighborhood. The kiosks would be relocated to the new guest relations building that we have today. They were outside of it until 1997. And there were actually 22 of these world key kiosks around the park between Future World and World Showcase. There were 10 just in Earth Station alone. Um, and in October of 1982, they were able to provide information in both English and Spanish with plans of adding French and German in the future. So I thought all that was, like, really cool. Um, they also talked about the 
Centurium, which was supposed to be like Epcot's version of the Emporium. Um, it was a huge department store known as the department store of the future and a team of four buyers for the store spent 2.5 years over 200,000 flight miles combined um, combing through major markets um, for over like for thousands of items to make like a unique department store experience just to Epcot's future world. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Which I've never really heard anybody talk about the Centurion, no. so that's the only reason I mentioned it. I guess we that's see what all the Mouse like gear would become and yeah. Now well, we see all but. of the amazing Epcot merchandise, but I guess we don't talk about like stuff like that where it was like items from around the world. Yeah, so I thought it was really really cool, um, and I liked how they laid out like. Oh, in Magic Kingdom, you have your City Hall, you have your Main Street, you have your Emporium, and this is what they had in mind for Epcot. So that's Earth Station. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was cool that they wanted to make guest relations a uniquely Epcot experience, but I can imagine a ton of people being, like, thrown into using a computer for the first time to make, Mm -hmm. like, a dining reservation and being, like, super stressed. But anyway. I agree. I think that's so cool. I had never heard about that before. No, me either. Me too. Yeah, I I literally, like, 15 minutes before we recorded, I found, like, an extra article on it. I was like, okay, I'm going to write this info down. <laughs> I absolutely love, love, love that. Um, Do we want to talk about the dedication ceremonies of the many pavilions? Hell yeah, I just can't believe there were so many. There were yeah. just so many dates, I and I was like, this seems, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, it seems like a little too much fanfare. Like, I feel like you didn't have yeah. to go that hard. Extra. A little they, extra, but you know what? I appreciate it. I appreciate it. They were only like 20 minutes to an hour, but it's like, imagine all these people traveling every day to come to these different, you know what I mean? Like, I guess Mm -hmm. they wanted to make it something special for each of these countries and each of these, like, companies that were sponsoring Mm -hmm. these pavilions, I guess. But, um, yeah, they all led up to the official three-day event for the dedication of Epcot Center. Um, I don't have them in, like, number order, but I have, like, Canada was dedicated October 13th, China was dedicated October 3rd, France was dedicated October 20th, Italy was dedicated October 14th, I think Japan and, yeah, Japan and France were both dedicated on October 20th, Germany was Mm. dedicated October 15th, Mexico was October 21st, UK was October 19th, United States Pavilion was October 12th, World Showcase itself was dedicated on October 23rd as a part of that three-day dedication weekend. And for Future World, we actually wouldn't see the dedication of the Journey into Imagination Pavilion until December because I'm thinking wow. they wait, blah, blah, blah. they waited um, until maybe they got Kodak to officially sign on for the pavilion. Like that's what I'm thinking because it said dedication with Kodak. Um, the Land Pavilion was dedicated on October 6th. Spaceship Earth, as we know, was dedicated on October 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, Universe of Energy October 4th. World of Motion October 5th. Communicore East and West, I couldn't see anything for, but I'm just assuming they kind of fell under the like spaceship earth umbrella like that's what what i'm gonna assume future world itself was dedicated on october 22nd 18 i mean 1982 do we want to talk about the grand opening weekend the three-day event that they had for that of course i do you know it absolutely i do so (laughs) friday friday october 22nd 
5,000 formally invited guests gathered around Spaceship Earth. Cast members were in tuxedos serving champagne. And um, they basically just had, like, a dedication ceremony for Future World. The rest of the guests were ushered out of the park by 6 p.m. that day for this Friday event. Um, Saturday, October 23rd, 1982, 10,000 guests attended there were appetizer portions of international specialties from the world showcase countries so i thought that was really fun you know i think that's really fun yeah i thought you would (laughs) um and then they had huge walk around people of the world dolls in the promenade and that evening they would have the lay carnival del lumiere fireworks which i've never heard of before actually i might have heard of it before i've never Um, heard of that before So they had that fireworks show. The day started off rainy, so they had to do a lot of the stuff inside. But by the evening when they had the fireworks, um, Don Tatum was quoted saying, they can't rain on our parade, um, you know, for the celebration. And this was the dedication of World Showcase, this event. And then Sunday, October 24th, um, at 11 a.m. with the clocks chiming, they had the dedication of... Epcot Center. There were 16 trumpeters, six drummers, the West Point Glee Club, and a 450-piece All-American College Band that was assembled by Walt Disney World, consisting of 146 different colleges. Um, 10,000 guests were invited, including Lillian Disney, and there was a special flag-raising ceremony with a flag that was sent all the way from the White House as a gift from President Ronald Reagan and his wife. Um, so the International Ceremony of Waters, you, you kind of talked about that already. It was inspired by the Small World event that had happened when yes. Small World came to Disneyland. Um, and it included 23 international performance groups surrounded in the Communicore fountain, pouring the water in one by one. Each of the vessels were uniquely represented by the country, and the water was stored in cash control to maintain the integrity of the water from each of the countries. So I thought that was interesting. Like, they went to all these extra efforts to make sure that the water was not... Um, compromised, and it was to signify the international understanding and cooperation that Epcot Center stood for. Um, The participating countries were Egypt, Canada, Mexico, Denmark, Italy, Korea, Japan, Africa, Morocco, Colombia, Barbados, Puerto Rico, China, the Philippines, the United Kingdom, um, Switzerland, Yugoslavia, Germany, France, Belgium, Czechoslovakia, Finland, and Spain. I love that they invited people from different countries, even if they weren't represented in the mm-hmm. World Showcase. Yes. I love that they included more people. And it was really cool. Again, when I worked at Epcot and we had like access to old pictures, there were some pictures of some of the vessels that were used. And it was really, oh, really cool to be able so to cool. look at stuff like that. that. Um, they have so many pictures and like this, you know, obviously there are archives of photos that like I, I wish they would share more of because social media is such an awesome opportunity to do that. And there yeah. are so many pictures that it's like people would love to see that moment in time. And I think also the idea of inviting all these additional countries was to hopefully, like, urge them to want to end up putting a pavilion in Epcot because they Mm -hmm. only had, I guess, 10 when they opened, they said, I think, 10 or 9. But they planned to have 30. Like, they were hoping for up to 30 eventually. So Could you imagine, like, how crazy – like, 
it's it's already crazy enough in the world showcase area but if you like basically tripled the amount of countries back there like it'd be craziness well it's also crazy to see when when i would look at like these old pictures of like the world showcase countries because like some of them were not there and it would literally be like you'd be walking through the world showcase and then like you'd be in one country and then the next one would literally be like a pile of dirt with some stuff happening and it'd be like coming essentially like coming soon. So (laughs) it's crazy to think that like some of those countries were not there. And I wish they would add another country. Yeah, Norway and Morocco, right? Those were the two that got added later. Mm -hmm. Which I can only imagine. Morocco was a really crazy process. I know a lot of people talk about it. I don't know if it was their prince or a diplomat or the exact title, but was super involved or if the prince like hired someone, but super, super involved to try to make it as accurate to Morocco as possible. But yeah, that was added later. Um, The outpost, like a lot of stuff. Yeah, I would love, it would be so Mm -hmm. cool for them to add another pavilion, but you know, know. that's, that's a lot of work and... I'm sure it will happen one day. I really thought. Maybe at D23. I was going to say, I really thought that was going to be one of the announcements at D23 in 2019. Like, we we were all fully expecting them to announce a new country. The one that people were rumoring was, like, I think Brazil. So I remember being like, wow, they didn't end up announcing that. So I'm curious Mm -hmm. in the future, because I know they they at least have some pads left. I mean, obviously, the France one got extended to more France and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But there are still some areas that it could happen. Um, But yeah, I mean... I loved that they really made this whole thing into a meal with all these. I mean, the dedications did seem like a lot, but I'm I'm glad that they I love it. I would went, rather have a lot than yeah. too little. Oh, yeah, me too. I would much rather more than less, as I've stated endlessly since October 1st, 2021. <laughs> what, what could have been the best day of our lives was, was not so much. It was just any other day. Yep. But the, at least the Epcot opening was incredible. I know, and it's crazy to think right. that we're on our way to the 40th anniversary of this park. Absolutely insane. So, so crazy. I thought we could listen to the words that Cardwalker spoke that are on the dedication plaque. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good place to end. I, I'm, yeah, I'm ready. I thought so. Okay. Perfect. Here we go. This is by Card Walker, Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of Walt Disney Productions at the time. Um, To all who come to this place of joy, hope, and friendship, welcome. Epcot is inspired by Walt Disney's creative vision. Here, human achievements are celebrated through imagination, wonder of enterprise, and concepts of a future that promises new and exciting benefits for all. May Epcot Center entertain, inform, and inspire, and above all, may it instill a new sense of belief and pride in man's ability to shape a world that offers hope to people everywhere. Uh, Boom. That was beautiful. <laughs> I thought so, too. I'm, I I like it. You know, they always go off of the to all who come, you know, yep. and I thought it was like perfectly Epcot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might have to get those words tattooed on me at this point. Just Epcot the whole thing. Adam. Yep. Just the whole thing. Right. Are you really Epcot Adam if you don't? I agree. I think he needs to show a little bit more dedication. You may be more country Adam Jamboree if you don't do it. (laughs) That's true. I would love... uh, Let's get Epcot tattoos. (laughs) 
Who's ready? As you're talking to two people who have no tattoos. Yeah, I was going to say zero tattoos from either of us, but it's fine. It's fine. We can get you started with an Epcot tattoo. <laughs> what better place to begin? Kate, you say Epcot's one of your favorite parks. Time to prove it. Where's your tattoo? Put your money where the needle is, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Season four wow. is done i cannot believe it what an incredible accomplishment thank you so much for all of you who listen to our passion project i say this all the time but nobody tells you how to run a podcast nobody tells you how much work goes into it and um we are so thankful that you're here with us we feel like every season we've gotten a little better and i feel like we've truly hit our strive with how we're releasing episodes and how we're dedicating our time to the episodes. so just thank you so much not only for listening but for being on this ride with us getting through those times when we were practicing live in person in front of you. Um, So hopefully we can continue. We have a great season five planned. We cannot wait to share it with you. Um, But as always, in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram at Carousel Project Podcast. We're always down to chat. And we're just going to go ahead and plug that Patreon again. But this time we have an exciting announcement because we're starting our month-long break with this finale. And we are doing a special offer for you guys for y'all to try out our Patreon if you want to. Um, Basically, our B-ticket offerings of the sticker and the Facebook group access will be dropping to our A ticket for a dollar a month and our C ticket which includes all the above plus our bonus episodes which we already have four available for you guys will be dropping to our B ticket at three dollars a month so if you guys are looking for more content from us you can go ahead and join our B ticket and for three dollars a month enjoy those four bonus episodes while you wait for us to return Um, in just a bit. Also, as usual, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify. Um, As y'all know, Adam's favorite number is five, so the only (laughs) option is five stars. You need to leave five stars on Apple Podcasts. Adam cries. Adam cries if there's not. Yeah, he cries if less than five stars. (laughs) So if you guys could continue to leave those reviews, that would be amazing. We are on our way to 50 reviews on Apple Podcasts, and I'm hoping to hit that real soon. How cool would that be to hit it in the fifth season? I mean, yeah, I'm let's, a numbers guy. And just let's just to it. further plug that Patreon, if you want to know more about our season five before anyone else, those who are signed up That's for our true. Patreon and certain um, ticket groups will be able to vote. We'll be able to see, you know, vote on a topic for next season. We'll be able to see the season before anyone else. So definitely this is the time to get signed up before we kick off season five. We have so many fun bonus episodes coming out and so many already available. Exactly. Yeah. she said. And- <laughs> And as always, share us with your friends and family. We now have four full seasons. And as Kate was saying, if you want to join the Patreon, we're we're bumping the tiers down so you can um, have cheaper access to our bonus episodes during this um, time. Just off. for the break, though. Just, Just for the for break. The break. Right, so right. you have we these back, four weeks to to take advantage of that. And then they go right back to where they were. So, yep. And and we will be back um, on September. Friday, September 30th will be the premiere of season five. Get excited. Woohoo! Oh, I'm I excited am. already. I'm, I've been excited. Also, we're dropping the for our e-ticket which is our $10 a month, they will actually see the full list of season five episodes topics today. We're dropping that today as well. So get excited. If you want to see that, join. Yeah. 
Woohoo! That's it. That's it. That's season four. <laughs> that's it. That's wow. season four. How should we end season four with four take cares? Take care, take care, take care, take care. <laughs> watch out. Watch out, watch out, watch out. Gotcha, bitch. We love you guys. Thank <laughs> love you so y'all. much. <laughs> Bye. Bye. See you next season. Love take you. Care. Bye. Take care. Watch out. Gotcha, bitch. Gotcha, bitch.